Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am the host of Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price. No matter where you are in the world, I want to thank you for giving me a few minutes of your day to hear my thoughts. As always, we have a great show for you today. Now here are our topics. Hello, everyone out there in the world. My name is Desmond Price. I am back to once again have another episode of Independent Thought with all of you. Today, we will be talking about the New Hampshire primary. Yes, this happened on the 11th of February, so I'm almost caught up to present day, catching up episode by episode. We're going to break down what happened leading up to it after the debacle in Iowa and what happened as of the outcome. Stay tuned. Hello, Independent Thought listeners. We are back to talk about the New Hampshire primary. So let's talk about it. New Hampshire is the second state that will be essentially electing, well, helping to elect the Democratic nominee to face President Trump come November of this year. So after the debacle in Iowa, everyone turned their attention to New Hampshire. So the first things first, let's just talk about everything that was leading up to this primary. So you had the results of Iowa, which were inconclusive, like we talked about in our last episode. So you had Pete Buttigieg claiming victory, getting a surge from it in the polls. You also had Bernie Sanders claiming victory because of the numbers in the popular vote also surging in the polls. So you had these two kind of neck and neck going through. And then after that, the other like focus that we didn't get to talk about in the last episode was around the people who didn't do so well, like Elizabeth Warren, who came in at third in Iowa, did get some delegates, wasn't a terrible night for her, but she spent a lot of time and energy in Iowa. A lot of people felt like she should have done better. I was one of those people who was surprised that she didn't come out being number two, but you got to give Pete Buttigieg his credit. He spent a lot of time and effort really canvassing through Iowa and putting a lot of work into those rural counties that they knew ahead of time were going to have that heavier weight of voting. So hats off to them. Now, what was the real issue coming out was that media darling and former vice president Joe Biden fell precipitously from front runner to fifth. I'm sorry, excuse me, he went to fourth. He was fourth in Iowa. Now, that is a huge fall for someone who is basing his entire campaign on electability. Now, he contends that it's a super white state and he'll, you know, like his primary coalition comes from black people and people of color otherwise, and states like Nevada and South Carolina will be more representative of his base, of his firewall, as they call it. By the way, does anyone really know why they use that term firewall? Does that make any sense to anyone? Because it just sounds stupid to me. But let's, let's move past that. So Joe Biden tried to shrug it off. I was no big deal. Everything's going to be great. Then they had a debate in New Hampshire prior to the primary. And the star coming out of that was Amy Klobuchar, 
who everyone felt like did really well representing herself. And right now, what I am seeing with my own eyes is that there's a lot of people who feel more progressively, and they're voting for candidates like Bernie and Warren, and there are people who feel like they want to just be a little bit more moderate in their approach, and they're voting for Biden and Buttigieg and Klobuchar. And after Biden fell, a lot of people were looking around at their other options, looking at Mayor Pete and looking at Amy Klobuchar, and Amy Klobuchar is appealing to a lot of people right now. Her campaign is surging, and that showed up in the results, because as we fast forward to the 11th now, which was this past Tuesday, Amy Klobuchar, after being in fifth in Iowa, came up to being in third and was ahead of the fourth place finisher, Elizabeth Warren, by double digits in percentage points. So what happened in New Hampshire? It was a really close race. Bernie Sanders was able to declare victory officially this time. No, no ridiculousness like in Iowa. Bernie Sanders won New Hampshire the same way he did last time in 2016 by a slim margin over once again Pete Buttigieg, who is showing that he looks to be in this race for a while. Some pundits think that his support will not cross over into communities of color in states like Nevada and South Carolina, that's yet to be seen. We'll find out next week when Nevada goes to vote one week from today, as I am recording this on the 15th right now. So we will find out how well he does in Nevada once everything falls. We know he's making a huge play there right now, talking, backing the culinary union who's come out against Medicare for All recently. We'll see where that goes. However, the big takeaways, I think, from New Hampshire is that this race is now being essentially broken down into Bernie Sanders and then people who want a moderate candidate and not being able to choose between Amy Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg. Because once again, after you had Bernie come in first with a close second of Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar coming in third... There was a huge gap between her and fourth place Elizabeth Warren and fifth place, this is where I meant to say fifth before, fifth place Joe Biden. So Joe Biden comes in fourth in Iowa and fifth in New Hampshire. So let, let's focus on him really quickly here because I feel as though this needs some, some real attention. Joe Biden, after spending over a year now being declared the front runner, and how everyone should just drop out of this race because there's no way that anyone could be more electable than Joe Biden, has gone from, obviously it's going to be Joe, to Joe can't even get into the top three in the first two states. So much so that he didn't even stay for his own watch party in New Hampshire last Tuesday. He left while the polls were still open and went to South Carolina to have a victory, to have not a victory speech, but just have a speech to his supporters while the voting was still taking place in New Hampshire. Like, what a slap in the face. What a slap in the face to the people who did support him, who did come out and vote for him in New Hampshire. And instead of getting to see him and have him talk to them after the voting was done on Tuesday, he just said, see ya, goodbye. I guess, you know, I just... I'm going to go where my real support is in South Carolina. And I just think that that's awful, honestly, on his part. I'm not a real big fan of Joe Biden to begin with, but 
you know, you should at least have some decency for the people who are voting for you and stay there and talk to them and let them know that their support means something to you, even though you didn't win. But real classless move on his part to just leave the state while the voting was still going on because you knew you were going to lose. Have some dignity, you know? But with that being said, speaking of dignity, Elizabeth Warren showed some because even though that she came into fourth in the New Hampshire primary, she stayed and spoke to her supporters and re kind of like reinvigorated her crowd a little bit, saying that they didn't get the, the showing that they wanted in New Hampshire, but that they were pressing forward into Super Tuesday and to Nevada and South Carolina before Super Tuesday, but that they're going to continue this campaign because there's so many delegates still left. And that's honestly the way you should look at it. I know the media and pundits and everyone that you talk to wants to talk about the fact that like, oh, you know, like if you're not showing up well in the first two states that, you know, it's all over for you. Like it's all over for you if you let it be all over. I mean, at the end of the day, Elizabeth Warren is somebody who, you know, I don't agree with on every issue, but there's 48 states left. And I think there's also seven other contests, including, you know, the five territories in D.C. and Democrats abroad. So there's still 55 more contests left. You know, I think everyone needs to kind of just be a little more understanding that this is going to be a long process. And what happened in the first two contests isn't always indicative of what happens next. What is more important is kind of like the motivation to go forward and the structure to go forward. Elizabeth Warren has a huge organization. She has thousands of like people who are, are in her campaign, whether they're paid staffers or if they are volunteers. And I think you're going to see her be relevant in this picture at least until we go through Super Tuesday. I think she'll want to see how all that shakes out before you know, we really figure out what's going to go on with her campaign after that. Biden, however, from what we know from his fundraising, he is actually low on money right now. And if he doesn't have a strong showing in Nevada, I mean, I don't know, he might even lose South Carolina if he doesn't have a strong showing in Nevada. And then maybe he drops out even before Super Tuesday. I don't know. There just doesn't seem to be a whole lot of enthusiasm with Joe Biden right now. We might be seeing the end of his campaign pretty soon. But speaking of endings of campaigns, I want to take a quick second here to say a goodbye to Andrew Yang, who was a great voice in this primary. I never thought he was going to win, but I really appreciated his voice in this discussion. And I thought they had a lot of really great plans and while I don't think that he was really fit to be president, I think he has a lot of great knowledge to offer. And I hope that someone somewhere gets this man involved in the next administration, regardless of whose administration it is. Andrew Yang should be in some sort of administration because he has the right focus about what us as a country really needs to be addressing as far as issues are concerned. There's too many ills happening in our country that are going undiagnosed or just essentially unchecked. And someone like Andrew can be in an administration to kind of just keep people focused on the things that actually need to be focused on. So hats off to Andrew Yang. You did a great campaign. Sorry, it didn't work out better for you, but it just wasn't your time. But hopefully you'll still be, you know, someone that we look to for advice going forward. 
Now, coming up in our next segment, I am going to briefly touch on essentially what does all these results mean from the New Hampshire primary? What can we take out of the data that we've seen and how does it matter going forward? Hey, Indie Thought listeners. Has this past year helped you rediscover your creative and crafty side? Well, then you're going to love our sponsor for today's episode. Bathing Beauties Beads is a full-service bead shop in the heart of downtown Missoula. Whether it's seed beads, semi-precious stones, vintage beads, or just materials to make a project, they have something for every person and every price range. Not from Missoula? Don't worry. They have an extensive online store and they will ship directly to you. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, they'll welcome you and help you make your next project a reality. You can find them online at Bathing Beauties Beads on Instagram and Facebook or at bathingbeautiesbeads.com. And don't forget to use offer code INDEPENDENTTHOUGHT at checkout to save 15% on your order. Betty's Divine is a locally owned boutique on the magnificent hip strip in downtown Missoula, Montana that has been a fixture in the Mountain West since 2005. We have a fondness for vintage inspired clothing, shoes and accessories for humans, as well as the real deal found in our vintage department, Divine Trash. Betty's Divine presents a snapshot of Northwest styles with an emphasis on street, skate, surf and rock and roll culture, as well as Americana classics. Alongside a radical selection of clothing, Betty's Divine offers a damn fine array of shoes, jewelry, records, and accessories to satisfy any taste, whatever your age or vibe. You can count on us to prioritize financial, social, and environmental responsibility without sacrificing the look. Visitors enjoy a lovely atmosphere, dreamy tunes, and the best customer service in the West. And you can shop us online at bettysdivine.com. back from break. Now let's break down what all this means because I just spent about like 10 minutes telling you about everything that happened in the New Hampshire primary, but let's talk about what these results actually mean. So first, what we have here is Bernie Sanders winning the popular votes in both Iowa and New Hampshire. So he essentially has won more overall votes in these first two contests. But like we said before, this is just two contests and there's still like 55 more to go. There's a total of 57 contests here. So let's try to keep this all in perspective. Pete Buttigieg, however, has won a similar number or the same number of delegates rather in Iowa and New Hampshire. So we have one person in Bernie who has his base that has definitely come out with him. Now, he has also said that his path to victory was to increase voter turnout. Now, in Iowa right now, they're saying that the voter turnout was not more than 2016. However, Bernie's campaign says that they were able to turn out the under 35 crowd by more than 30% more than 2016. And that in New Hampshire, the overall total was up 18% from 2016. So Bernie is claiming a victory on multiple fronts with 
getting the popular vote win in both states, as well as turning out more of his voters, as he would say. Now, Pete Buttigieg is also doing very well, is tied in the delegate count. He, from what appears to be, even though they haven't called an official winner yet, it appears that he has won Iowa by, I think, a percentage point, like a point one of a percentage point. However, a win is a win. So what we have here is, even though it's still early, it looks as to be a two-person race between Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg. Now, that can very well change because, like we said before, 55 more contests are to come. However, let's just cover what we have so far. So it looks to be that we what we really have here is the progressive versus the moderates. So the question now becomes, how do you feel about this? You listening right now in this podcast, are you on the more progressive side? Are you on the more moderate side? Are you a Republican? Does all this even matter to you? Are you just listening just to check out my podcast? You could be doing that. I do appreciate it anyway. But let's talk about the people who are going to be voting in the Democratic process. So for those of you who have not yet voted, the question you need to ask yourself is, one, do you know when your state votes? And two, what are you going to vote for? Not who are you going to vote for, but what are you going to vote for? Because what you're going to vote for is more indicative of who you're going to vote for. I feel like too often people get sucked up in either knowing someone's name or not knowing someone's name and then voting accordingly. But the question really becomes, what do you want to vote for? Because these people represent different ideas, okay? So the progressives like Bernie and Elizabeth Warren going forward, they want to push agendas that they feel as though we're going to push the country into a forward direction, talking about raising the minimum wage, talking about transforming the healthcare system, how you would essentially create universal pre-K for all of, you know, for all of, you know, like kids under the age of five, where they want to cancel all student debt and make colleges tuition free. You know, these are all ideas that they are pushing for. The moderates, however, want to pump the brakes on all that stuff. They want to just, you know, and they want to essentially push out a public option on healthcare and they're kind of, you know, also semi there on the minimum wage, but they don't talk about making it definitely $15 an hour. It just seems like they just want to do minimalistic changes. So really the overall debate is, do we want to revolutionize America or do we want to make slight tweaks and just get Trump out of there? That's really what this debate boils down to. And I think it's on all of us to know how we feel internally so that we can make educated decisions when we get to the ballot box. I'm going to close out this episode like this. Early voting, as I said in an earlier episode, is happening right now, today, February 15th. Early voting is happening in plenty of states. You may be in one of those states right now and did not know it. I'm going to go through a list quickly of the states that are voting right now. If you're in one of those states, go out and vote. It's time. It's time to make your voice heard. Be the change you wish to see. As of January 17th, early voting has begun in Minnesota. On January 18th, it began in Vermont and Virginia. January 20th, early voting began in North Dakota. January 24th, 
Early voting began in Idaho. January 25th, early voting began in Michigan. On February 2nd, early voting began in Maine. And on February 3rd, early voting began in California. And as of February 12th, early voting began in Tennessee. February 13th, early voting began in North Carolina. Early voting begins in the Nevada caucus as of today, February 15th. If you're in Nevada, you can vote early. Thank God, because the way Iowa does their caucus makes no sense to me. On the 17th, Arkansas's primary, you can vote early. On the 18th, early voting begins in Texas and Utah. On the 19th, Arizona begins early voting. On the 21st, the state of Washington. On the 24th, Colorado. And on the 24th as well, Massachusetts. The 27th, Oklahoma. If you're in any of those states, be ready, get registered, do what you have to do, make your voice be heard. everyone that is our show for today i want to thank you all for checking out indie thought independent thought is brought to you by your host desmond price you can follow us on twitter at independent thought or at indie i-n-d-e thought so again thank you all for coming and hanging out with me for those of you who found me on iTunes or on Spotify, please go ahead and subscribe to us. Give us a five-star rating. If you give us a four-star rating, I'm inclined to think you're a hater. So don't hate. Thank you so much, and I hope to see you all next time.